This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 49. Enough really is enough. Hi, everybody. I am Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and my co-host, Becky Proudfit. Becky Proudfit. It feels really good to say it like that. I, I like know, that. It's been a minute before, you know, since you said it that exact way. That kind little of feels intro. nostalgic. Yeah, it is nostalgic. As yeah. we round out our first year of podcasting. We're coming pretty up Pretty soon that. here. Yeah, we're coming up on that, which is super weird. Because really, the next episode will be our 50th. Get excited, guys. Get real excited. It's a really good one. Really good. Also, is it real or really? Get real excited or get really excited? Do you even know? Do no, you know? I think you can get real excited or really excited or really extra excited <laughs> and it's all great. Just get there, get to the excitement place. I'm going <laughs> to share a fun fact with you. That reminds me. I was asking sincerely because I don't know the answer to that question. I'm not an editor and yet I am. And that's the fun story. So back in the day, I know what hashtag a little bit nerdy, but here we Kay. go. So back in the day when I worked for creating keepsakes for 12 years, I was, I was the creative editor. So technically that was, that made me an editor, which I'm like, that's a great made up title. I'll be an editor. Right. I didn't really know what I was doing, but sure. Um, totally figured it out. That's fine. Did all my things that I did, but like a, a like a technical editing, a technical writing background was not my forte. And yet it was my gift. And <laughs> so yet. the story is that one day, Jana, who was our editor in chief at the time, like did a pop quiz on the whole editorial staff. And she was like, I just want to see where you guys are with all this stuff. And it was like, like grammatically, yeah, like grammar, spelling, mostly Ooh. grammar. Um, but like a lot of stuff that I'm like, what in the world? Um, <clears throat> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, only one that got every question right. Right here. Well, I know. Done, Rebecca It was kind Alguire. of one of my, like, if you, if you don't know, that's my maiden name. She uses my maiden name I sometimes. I do sometimes. Yeah. Alguire like is my maiden name. Okay, so it was like my gold star moment. That's really, really cool. It really was like, I kind of felt special because it's not what I was trying to do and it wasn't what I was claiming to have as my skill set. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, someone told me it was my skill set and I'm like, oh, I am kind of good. So yeah. when it comes to not knowing if it's real or really, I really feel like insecure about not knowing if which one it is or you can take the knowledge that you hid your light under a bushel unknowingly (laughs) that what is your gut reaction because you're probably right whatever your gut reaction my gut reaction historically would be to say really but you say real a lot and I hear myself saying real because I think it's cuter clear here I know I am grammatically incorrect often in fact (laughs) my editing process is through a software program that I pay for (laughs) To make sure my grammar and flow is correct. True story. You can't be amazing at everything. True story. But you can be real amazing. I can. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> really amazing. I love it. Oh, I don't even know how we got off on that, but we are really grateful to be with you guys this week again. It's really, really, it's real. Oh gosh. Now you're really just. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Oh, I'm so man. sorry. We're okay. so sorry, but here we are. Okay, we we genuinely love that we get to spend this time with you, and we genuinely are so thankful thankful for the time that you spend with us and for your iTunes reviews, by the way. So let's share one of those. I pulled let's one up. Do this one's fun. She titles it "We Are Best Friends." Isn't that cute? Oh, we it's are. It's from Jenny Mom. Jenny Mom. Okay, the Beckys are the best friends I have, but have never met. This school year, I went through the 
school day blues. It's been the first time my kids have all been in school. I found myself not quite knowing what to do. So my motivation for any amount of productivity began surviving um, was at an all-time low. Then I started listening to this podcast. Listening to these ladies share their ups and downs has changed my mindset. I listen when I'm lifting in the morning. I not only get my body in shape, but my mind set in the right direction. Thank you. I love that. And let me just tell you, Jenny mom, is it? Jenny, Jenny mom. Jenny mom. I totally relate to that. We all think like when our kids are little, we all, I think I'm just projecting myself here, but when my kids were little, I just couldn't wait for more time alone. And then when I got time alone, there was like a little adjustment of like, what do I do? What do I do with all this time alone? And I had to totally think about and plan and create, I don't know, a new reality for Mm -hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. But it's so good. You just wait. It's good. And you want to be really intentional with that time. I think that to be sitting in that place of like, what do I do now? And it doesn't have to be that specific stage of life. It could be any stage of life or any pivot in your life. I think it's really cool to just like not know for a minute. Right. And then just explore those possibilities. And of course, be intentional without with that time. So thanks, Jenny, mom. And you're working out. So I know. Wait a Check, go. check. <laughs> Done and all done. the good things. Well you basically you. are cultivating the best possible life ever. So. Well done. Well done for sure. All right, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. In this episode, all about more than enough, you're hearing about and hopefully feeling more motivated than ever to focus less on stuff and focus more on adventure. In light of this, we want to be sure you know about one of the most incredible adventures awaiting you. Earlier this year, when I felt the undeniable call to reset, renew, and recalibrate my life, I knew I was supposed to hit the pause button on my normal work and life responsibilities and truly focus on myself and my health. I had never done anything like this, and I wanted to not only be incredibly intentional, but also smart about my next steps. In episode 38, Becky shares about her life-changing experience at Movara Fitness Resort. Situated near near beautiful St. George, Utah, this place and these people are 100% devoted to your wellness and progression. After Becky's experience there, we both knew that we needed to spread the word about this incredible resource. We invite you to join us, Becky Squared, at Movara this November 3rd through 9th, 2019. If you are there during this week that we're hosting, you'll save 10% and receive $100 worth of spa services there at Movara. You can learn all about what to expect by going to movara.com and calling the number on their homepage. Whether you're there with us that week or not, we guarantee that this is an adventure you'll benefit from for the rest of your life. Okay, before we start here, I love you listeners, and I have to issue a public apology. Oh boy. In the past few episodes, I because I listen back, we both do. We oh, listen we do. back to we ourselves. We love listening back. I really do. Yeah. I have been using the word like oh. <laughs> way too much. I don't know why this came up. I don't know what it is a result of. Maybe it was end of summer fatigue, but I said like, we'll call it that. <laughs> and once I noticed, I couldn't unhear it. And it was like, ah, see, it was too much. So I'm sorry Aww. that I was using the word like so much. And I'm going to be very intentional in trying to not say it as much. And we're all still going to be friends. That's really and sweet. And please love me even if I do say like still too many times. I'm really trying not to. I love you all the more because of it. It's a, well, you, Listen, here's the thing. 
is that unless you've got the microphone in front of your face, you can't even know how hard it is um, to record. Like recording is different than a normal conversation, isn't it? That's what we have found. It is, yeah. It's like, oh, like... (laughs) It's okay to say oh, like. Oh, you said that? I said like. Oh, I was like, I, I didn't, didn't even know I said it. <laughs> no, we can't be that hyper-conscious. But we both are trying to be better about certain details with recording. And um, I'm guilty also of saying that. And so we both are trying to minimize the number of times that we say like. And also recognize that um, we're really doing our best to record. It sounds like we've gotten a ton of like backlash on this. We, we haven't. We have not. That's this not was what it my is. personal observation. <laughs> and also, again, just reiterating that the format of our podcast there are so many wonderful podcasts out there and a lot of them are edited and edited so well but when you have a duo when you have two people doing a podcast together I think the magic of that is the conversation is the awkward moments is the pauses because that is a real connection and a real conversation which is what we want you to feel like we want you to feel like you're sitting here with us having a conversation with girlfriends. And so our lack of editing is totally intentional and you're going to hear probably more likes <laughs> than you would want as if you were sitting right you next to me. You know what I'm feeling right now is I'm feeling like a little extra nudge of love from our listeners because I think that maybe some of them have noticed some of these mistakes that we make, both of us make, and they don't say anything. And I think that's so sweet. Thank you for not throwing <laughs> our mistakes in our faces. We appreciate that. And, and we're trying to do better. <laughs> we're trying to do our best. And as we continue to make mistakes, we, in advance, thank you for not throwing them in our faces. Yes. <laughs> and also, we, we appreciate constructive feedback. Oh, for sure. Always. We get great constructive feedback, we and I sure love do. it. We actually really appreciate it very, very much. All right, yes. let's dive into what we are here to talk about today. So in last week's episode, which would be um, episode 48, we recorded with Miranda Anderson. She's the author of a brand new book called More Than Enough. And I've known Miranda for at least a few years, but never better than I've gotten to know her in the last couple of months in recording with her and reading her book because oh my goodness do you not get to know a person's soul when you read a book that is so personal this is a good one and you have said yourself what do you think this is required reading for who I well really every person in the world probably could benefit but I'm not um like dumb enough to think that I understand someone else's situation in a country that I don't live in Mm -hmm. but I think everyone in the United States should have this as like mandatory reading Mm -hmm. because it is so good and and the way we live in this country which I love which is beautiful and so thankful to be in there is an abundance of everything all the time and yet there is less satisfaction more than ever before probably right and a little less gratitude a little less gratitude Mm -hmm. and people are not feeling like they have enough and are constantly in this rat race always to get more 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 when we have quite literally more than any nation in the world and more than enough in every sense more than of enough. the word yeah so we need a shift in our thinking in this country i believe to this more than enough 
mentality. And just in our hearts, really, that that's the thing about this is it's so personal. And why we decided to do this is we had Miranda on the show. So you got to just listen to, uh, to episode 48, because that's really like she talks about this experiment that she did. The subtitle of this book is how one family cultivated a more abundant life through a year of practical minimalism that may or may not be interesting to you. That's fine. But what Becky and I wanted to do as we come back together and talk in this episode is we have now both read the book and we have felt such an incredible sense of empowerment and gratitude and shifting in our own thinking that we can't not talk about this and we're not going to review the book. We're not going to go through and do the bullet points and highlights. We just want to share our own personal thoughts on the way that Miranda has impacted us and why we think everyone needs to pick up this book, which, you know, we don't benefit from people buying the book. That's not what it's about. Yes. But go buy it guys go buy it it's on amazon that's how you get the book um who we're talking about by the way miranda anderson uh you can find her on instagram um live free creative thank you live free creative and her website is livefreecreative.co the book is available on amazon if you live in canada or the united states if you are in another country you have to go to livefreecreative.co which is her website and you can get the book there yeah she ships internationally i think mm-hmm. she said she does yeah okay so why don't let's go let's go wherever we want to go right so yeah. what are your what comes to mind becky when you think as we kick off this kind of follow-up to we both read the book what do you feel is sitting at the top of your heart so if you listen to the episode last week uh at the end of that episode we always talk about nudges, right? What mm-hmm. are you feeling that little pull that little nudge to do differently in your life and miranda had talked about her year of non-consumable spending. So they spent no money on things that weren't consumable goods, food, clothes that, that wore out, things of that nature. And I felt the pull to like experiment with this. And just after we hit the stop button, Miranda said, you know, we're starting a challenge, a 30-day challenge with this non-consumable spending for the month of July. And really on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that where it she was, pretty much... It was a Facebook group. Facebook group, yeah. okay. And I thought, wow, that scares me so bad. Not that I think I have a spending problem per se, or I'm like spending us into debt or like coming home and hiding packages, nothing like that. Yet, I re- I'm a consumer. Like, I really am. And could you do better? Totally could do better. I could do better. Right. And right. it's Everyone not even can, about yeah. gauging it against someone else's spending or what I want to be saving monetarily. And I think that that is the biggest takeaway from the book for me and also the 30-day challenge that I did. And we'll get a little bit more into that later is that it really is not about dollars and cents. It's not even really about stuff. It's about the way that you approach your life and the way you view the people around you and the situation you're in. Mm -hmm. And so I hesitate with this title. I want you to know, like, we will talk about consumerism, but it really is not the heart and soul of the message of this book. No, but you will find it. I shouldn't say, but, and you will find it fascinating as she gets going in the book. She does actually kind of give us a brief overview and history or a historical context of consumerism, which is pretty interesting because it just gives you perspective and reminds you like, where did we come from and how did we get here and where are we now? And it just, I, I think personally, it kind of helps me to, as I read that part, like 
figure out where do I fit in that? Is that me? Is that not me? I almost felt a little bit more validated for some of the things that I had been doing and also catching myself for some of the things I'm like, oh man, I have totally been a sucker to that. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that, um, that personal insight that I felt and that, um, inward thinking that happens. Introspection is what they call it. (laughs) Inward thinking. (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to share, um, in the prologue in the four, I think it's in the four, uh, what is it called? The introduction. Introduction. The introduction to this book. I just wanted to share this quick little excerpt. Um, she says a quick scroll through Instagram could verify that almost everyone is shopping their feelings, proving their worth by the perfection of their houses, wardrobes, vacation, or business success, myself included. We were all filling our homes with things, not for their inherent value, but for the value we assign them. The cool factor of the on-trend mid-century modern couch that is just unique enough that no one else will have one. The story of success that the designer handbag tells when in reality, its function is the same as the regular old tote you've already owned. And I love that. I had never thought about it that way. Is what inherent value are we assigning the things we are filling our life with. And this speaks to physical items. It speaks to um, like accolades. It speaks to all, all kinds of things. And it, in that introduction, it, that, that just really hit me. And I thought, what in my life am I assigning a value that is not appropriate? Am I looking for validation through my home, through how it looks, through my children or how my children dress? through how I dress. Why do I want that designer handbag? Is it because I love it so much and it's a piece of art and it means so much to me? Or is there like that little thing in the back of my head that's like, well, this is a really expensive brand and everyone's going to know like, wow, she must be really successful if she Mm -hmm. can afford to have that handbag. Mm -hmm. And those are uncomfortable thoughts, but you have to consider how much of this is playing a role in my life. This is what I'm loving about the way she articulates her experience and her thoughts. And don't you feel like her writing style also was so, um, so warm and so non-judgmental? There's not very one safe. Yeah. It's a very safe feeling. That's a good way to put it because I didn't feel judged at all. When I read it, I felt totally empowered. And so when she's talking about these things that made you, made you feel and made me feel introspective and helps us to really look inside and go, is that me? Is that where I fit in? I also felt really empowered, like I was saying earlier, and also really validated, like, you know what? I'm not like a horrible person here. I actually really do assign very special and meaningful value to certain things like physical objects in my life for very special reasons. And also I can do better, which is an exciting feeling. Like that's the whole point of the podcast, cultivate a good life. Like that's part of the journey is that we're always evolving and thinking differently. Hopefully that's the goal and what that means to us. And so I feel like one of the biggest takeaways that I have felt with this is that in my own personal journey of cultivating a good life and cultivating a better life than what it used to be is just the way that my mind has shifted just enough about not just consumerism, but abundance and gratitude. And David will tell you, no one knows me better, that gratitude is such an important trait and such an important principle. And it lays the groundwork for, I think, everything. There's a quote that says that gratitude is the, um, oh, what is it? Gratitude is the, shoot. Okay. It's something about how gratitude is the foundation of every other virtue. Like you think of all the virtues, gratitude is like the baseline, right? 
And maybe it's like that common thread. It's a commonality between. Well, and also like think about every other virtue you could have. Like, like the foundation. Yeah. Like you, like they just, everything's built on gratitude. If you don't have gratitude, it's almost as if you struggle for the, to get to the other virtues. Mm-hmm. And I've really seen that in my life. And I feel like it's foundational in my existence and in all of our existences. And, and so what I've appreciated about Miranda's message is even though I thought of myself as already a grateful person, I feel so much more grateful not, and I'm not talking about stuff, right? This book isn't about just the stuff, but I feel so much more grateful than ever before because of the, the way that she explains her journey and how her own mindset shifted through the choices they made. And the choices included what, what was the experiment? It was like you said, not spending a year. They did a year of no, no Mm non-consumable spending. They made rules about one for one. So if their kids grew out of a pair of shoes, they could replace that one pair of shoes. If they received a gift, Mm -hmm. they had to get rid of something of equal or lesser value. Mm -hmm. And so they just made sure that they were not accumulating to accumulate. Correct. Or shopping or spending impulsively to try to quiet some other emotion that's Mm -hmm. happening and the thing that I really love about this and she talks about this in the book is that really she found when they created space when they cleared some of that physical clutter um, of having too much it it opened up such such a freeing thing in their home and there was more creativity and the level of you'd expect you know she has small kids you'd expect when they're getting rid of things and when they're not spending like I kind of thought that your kids might rebel or not be totally on board with this. And and she references several times in the book that when toys got put away, she was surprised that the kids didn't miss them. Mm-hmm. And how many times, we've talked about this a few different times, how many times on Christmas morning or when you find yourself in a season of having a lot of stuff, there's like three things your kids play with. There's three things your kids wear. Do you know what I mean? It's usually the box or the wrapping paper. That is for darn sure. And the rest of it kind of just becomes clutter to maybe be used once in a while, but those main couple things are what they really love. And I think we've all had that experience of like our kids really love these core things, but yet we're still providing them with all this extra stuff, even for good or great reasons. Sure. And the space that is created when, when you're decluttering your life is so wonderful because it breeds creativity. It gives creativity a place to grow. For sure. And, and along those lines, I'm sure you'll remember this part of the book. And I don't, I don't want us to like recount all the things that she shared because the whole point is you guys should just read the book. But do you remember when she talks about, speaking of creating space, where she was so burned out at the end of a day where she was just like, I need a break. I need to just get out of the house. And she's like, after my husband got home and he took over, I kissed my kids goodnight. You know, he was getting them tucked in bed. Everything was fine. I just had had a day. I just needed to like go have some me time. So she got in the car and she was like, where should I go? And in the past, like prior Miranda would have gone to Target or, you know, just do a little retail therapy as we call it sometimes. And that would have been her natural instinct. Seems seemingly harmless, but I mean, raise your hand if you've done that, because seriously, if I had 20 minutes, there's a Target right by my kid's school. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you if I have like 30 minutes and it's not worth it to go home, Mm -hmm. I will totally go walk around Target. But did you shift the way that you might consider that going forward now? Oh, for sure. Okay, so so what Target she did, plays a large part, seriously and truly, <laughs> in the 30-day challenge that I did. Yeah, yeah, which maybe everybody wants to hear a little bit more about. So for you're going to sure. share more, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so to kind of round out this experience that comes to mind that Miranda shared is um, because of her own 
shift in her life. Instead of hitting retail therapy, she went to like a local sculpture garden is what it was. And she walked around and uh, the way that she writes this, like you just need to read it word for word because you feel like you're there with her. But at the end of that experience, she came home so refreshed, so renewed. She felt so full of gratitude. She had this like amazing, peaceful, introspective and gratitude filled experience, just walking around in the sculpture garden, recognizing all these blessings in her life. And she was comparing that to had she gone shopping or window shopping, which seemed innocent, she would have probably had buyer's remorse because that wasn't something that she should have done. And the feelings would have been empty. And I don't even think she used that word, but that's the word I felt for her and with her is like that. And and your own experience. I'm sure we've all had this experience of like, of using retail therapy or whatever it is for you totally. and having, you know, you escape for a minute, mm-hmm. but then you go home and like you said, you're not refreshed. You're not renewed. It no. didn't create like a better situation. It just allowed you to escape. Yeah. And the more we all, you know, the older we all get, the more experience we have with life. We all understand that the more we acquire, the more responsibility sits on our shoulders because you have to buy the thing that then you have to take care of and clean and upkeep and eventually you might have to donate it. And it just, she, she actually walks you through very eloquently about like how much more responsibility comes. It's so unnecessary when we acquired stuff just to acquire stuff. Right. So I, I have more to share, but like you look like you're on the verge of, oh. are you going to share more about your 30 day experience? So I will, I'll, I'll take this opportunity to share about the 30 days. That was a big deal. I want, I want you to know from a friend perspective before Becky goes into this, that I saw the little fireworks going off in Becky's eyes when Miranda was talking, I could, Becky was getting uncomfortable. And so shifty. uncomfortable. You guys. She's getting shifty in her chair. And I was like, Ooh, and I, and if you listen to the episode, you know, I kind of called her out on it. Like Becky, you, what's going on? You have to do something like I can tell you need to do something um anyway and so you felt the stirring and you felt uncomfortable which is of course a sure sign that you're supposed to correct to do the uncomfortable thing I have learned so much um comfort in discomfort discomfort when I'm uncomfortable with something it's it's stirring something up in me that I need to fix that I need to lay my foundation in that area a little bit better and get it a little more succinct so that I can build other things up. But also really quick, it doesn't have to be something that needs to be fixed. It doesn't even have to be a thing that's in your life that's broken or needs repairing. I think you have felt a lot of stirrings of things that are like, man, that's going to be uncomfortable, but because of an opportunity that you couldn't even like put your finger on yet, but you just, the point is, is you don't ignore those. And in fact, I've seen you increasingly more and I think I'm the same way. Like we're increasingly trying to be in tune with what feels scary or uncomfortable because that's where we know the real growth is. Yeah. And that's why and how we know to do the thing. So I love that you said that because it's not like I was broken and had not at all a spending problem and had bags and bags of things that really was not what it was about. But um when I felt those little stirrings and it was interesting kind of as I went through this process, what I uncovered it kind of to be what was going on and it had nothing to do with target Mm. and it had nothing to do with escaping and it had to do with things from my childhood Mm. that like my relationship with money and scarcity mentality that um that were playing in in ways I had not even been aware of how cool that that came to the surface and it's amazing at at least in my opinion right was it good okay it was so good and it's amazing how in our life, we have these behaviors that stem from somewhere. And I'm not saying from trauma or from, I'm that just stem from, you know, 
conditioning of how we were raised or of how we weren't raised. And Miranda talks about the history of consumerism you mentioned. And really, we kind of are trained from a very young age to be savvy consumers. I mean, if you have, excuse me, if you have kids, I'm sure you've had the experience of your kids telling you about some product you've never heard of before because everything we do right now points to this more, get more, you know, this consumerism mentality. And um, so I decided to do the 30-day challenge, very afraid, went home, told my husband about it, who, of course, was thrilled out of his mind. I knew he would be. (laughs) But what's interesting is I knew in the back of his mind he was equating it to dollars and cents. Mm, And so he started reading the book, unbeknownst to me, and kind of flip-flopped his thinking about what this really was about. Very cool. It really was so cool. Very cool. Curious, has he finished it yet? I haven't even asked him. I know he was like four or five chapters in the first day he picked it up. So he really got hooked quickly. She's a good writer. She's really, it's very conversational, very easy. And when I say easy, I don't mean like low. It's not dumbed down. Exactly. I mean, no, it's just very, it flows very nicely. It's very, very easy to read. And I'm glad to know that Taylor picked up the book and read it because I've been Mm -hmm. telling David as I finished the book, I'm like, I cannot wait for you to read this because yes, I can summarize it for you. For sure. I can give you the highlights, but our best experiences have been when we've read a book together or we both, you know, and then we compare notes on our experience and our takeaways and things like that. That's just the best way, at least in our marriage, that we feel like we get the most out of it is by us both really like actually reading it. Right. Or listening. Which truthfully, I'm glad he did that because of course I told him about it, but there was a part of me that did not want to tell him that I was doing this 30 day (laughs) because Uh I didn't want to be policed. Yeah. I didn't want to be, I didn't want it to become about like, oh, you spent like, because that's not what it's about. I want the progression. I want the change in my thinking. I want to be more aware. This was, this is not about all or nothing or you did it or you didn't. Um, So he started the challenge and we went up to our cabin. I think we were like four days into the challenge. We went up to our cabin, and the Higgins were up there as well. And Becky and I had oh. to run <laughs> to Walmart with our friend to get stuff, something, uh, food. food. Yeah, it was like yeah. a food item. Yeah, we were preparing dinner or and something. And we saw this dress <laughs> that was like the perfect length and so good. So cute. Like a little dress you can wear around the house, or you can put on the right pair of shoes and a necklace and be Super like out of a cute. Tomb. Like I, Yeah. <laughs> And then we saw these cute, clear, like lemon, just like little pouches that would be perfect for swimsuits that were on clearance. And so I picked up like two of those for my girls and a couple dresses. And then all of a sudden I was like, I can't get any of this. Mm -hmm. Like I. Yeah, you kind of looked like a ghost. (laughs) I was devastated. You guys, she had a moment. No, I was really like. It was funny. I was ticked like I was like why why am I doing this challenge and I find this perfect (laughs) dress and it gave me the first clue in to like the fact that I Mm. mindlessly purchase Mm. not that those weren't great things and it's true Becky did buy me that dress as a present it was a gift (laughs) I really did and you guys it was probably like a $12 gift because oh yeah I posted about it on on Instagram Mm -hmm. and Facebook because I I'm obsessed with it and I went back and got it in two colors it might seem opposite from the message of this book but like hang on because that isn't the point um, but in Becky's situation, because she was literally in the beginning of this month challenge. I was she, devastated. She, you were there. Yeah. Oh, I, your demeanor changed in an instant. Cause I, you were like, what the heck? Why did I get myself into something that, and why can't I just pick this up? It's so innocent. 
And it's 12 bucks. And there it was. And there it was. There was the heart of like the problem with my relationship with buying things is I have a fear associated when I want something and I cannot have it. Which stems from your background. Which stems from growing up, not being able to have a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And that feeling of like shame of not being able to have it or fear that I could never have it or it like a lot of it stemmed from way back when, which I would have never, never thought that it was about that. But it was, it was that scarcity mentality of if I don't get this right now, I am never going to have another dress that I love. Therefore, I will not be happy with anything else ever again. Hmm. So crazy, right? Wow. And as Taylor and I kind of talked through that, I was like, how often am I doing this? When I walk into Target, because I'm telling you, Target is like very close to my home. (laughs) Target is maybe the best place on earth besides the temple. I mean, it's wonderful. I love it so much. And um, it's just very convenient and very lovely. And very peaceful Clean and bright. Clean. Smells good. Smells like popcorn. Becky, okay. Get off the ledge. Okay, get okay. off the ledge. So going into Target, and this is kind of another like level to this, there's that dollar spot. Yep. And there's always very cute little things that you could create, like a little dinner for your family or decor. Those things are totally my jam because those things are my love language of creating little moments for my family. And it's one of my strengths as a mother and one of the things I love doing for my family. And my daughter now, because I have trained her to go into Target Dollar Spot, (laughs) is also the same way as I am and loves Target Dollar Spot. So it's kind of like we always meander through the dollar spot Mm -hmm. and find like one or two dollar items and get those. And so the first time we went to Target and she went to the dollar spot and and I said, Kate, we can totally look, but we are literally not buying any single thing that we don't need. You're talking about the first time you went to Target in this month challenge. In this month okay. challenge, which I did in July, which that's a hard month. <laughs> Summer vacation is a hard month yeah. to do the challenge. And I'll just tell you right now, I was, I was not perfect at it and we'll get to that part later. But um, so we go to the Target dollar spot. And cute little Lucy has found some like pencil, something to use in her school game that's darling. And and I had to say no because I had committed to not get anything non-consumable. Did she know about the challenge? She did. Okay. I, I let, after I talked to my husband about it, we talked to our kids about it. Okay. Just so they knew what to expect. I think that's helpful. And really I, helpful. I thought it would curb like mm-hmm. them asking me for mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I had to tell her, uh, no, uh, when I had to tell her, well, initially no, but then it was fine when I had to tell her no for that, because it was such a cute, good thing. It was a dollar and she even had the money to spend on it herself. I felt so much guilt, like really not good feelings of guilt. Guilt for saying no? For saying no. Wow. Not because she was going to have a tantrum. Not because she was going to be sad. No, it's but called... because were... in my mind, yeah. I'm going back to my childhood mm. where I didn't have all the things, which is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But the shame associated with that somehow came up and I realized has muddied into my parenting a little bit where I don't feel right about denying my daughter a dollar pencil thing so she can play her little school game that she does so beautifully 
because I feel like it's not the right thing to do because in my mind I've like situated it into like healing those feelings of not having things growing up. Wow. Isn't that just crazy? It's really fascinating. And also, yeah, I, I think we all should be thinking about how conditioned we really are. That's not, a, that's not a bad thing. We're, we're going to be conditioned. That's neutral being conditioned right for good or for bad. Right. Yes. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that all of us, you know, everyone listening, pretty much all of you guys are adults as we are. That's a lot of years to be conditioned from past experiences. So there's nothing, there's not a problem with that, but man, it, you see in this experience how deep rooted mm-hmm. that conditioning really is because for you to feel guilty about not, not letting Lucy have a pencil from the dollar spot. That's like, that's a lot. So bizarre, right? That's a lot. And I really had to think about that and think about where those feelings were coming from and, and really go back to, to what I was actually feeling as a child. Like my parents are wonderful. It's not that I was deprived or, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I ever really considered that if it was only a dollar, that it was okay to teach your kids. We just don't need it. So although it's wonderful and it's a dollar and that's so great, we also don't need it. And there's so many things you can do instead of having that and be okay with that. And not even that my kids were making me feel bad about that. I, it had truly never occurred to me that that was something that I could do and feel good about. One of the things that I love about Miranda's experiences similar to yours, where she had her own self-realization through these types of moments and things like that, was that she and her family felt just more grateful for what they did have by not buying the thing. So we're talking about a dollar pencil, right? I love your story and your experience because we're talking about something so, so small. That seems like it doesn't matter. But I have a dollar. She has a dollar. Right. We could probably find change of a dollar in our car. Correct. But that's not what it's about. It's not what it's about at all because when by not buying the pencil and through having that dialogue with Lucy, you, I'm sure, were able to, or as we continue in our journeys, we're able to do this where we can instead look at what we already have, pens, pencils, markers. I know you have a lot. I have a lot. Most Americans have a lot of writing utensils in general that's, you know, going along with the example. So being just that much more grateful for what we do have because we passed on buying the one thing, I think is one of the biggest takeaways that Miranda experienced. And it was uncomfortable. Yeah. It was uncomfortable for her not to get the thing. Not She didn't cry or pout or nothing like that. But we talked about it. Like it was uncomfortable for me not to buy the thing and for her not to buy the thing. It really was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so um, then fast forward probably seven days. We've talked about this on the podcast before. My boys were at scout camp with my husband and the girls and I have a tradition where we build something. Mm-hmm. And this is like a tradition we all really enjoy. We do a project that seems way harder than we know how to do. And we figure it out. We figure out tools. We figure out building plans. And we figure it out together. And so I talked to the girls and I was like, how are we going to do this this year? Because we can't spend any money that we don't, or we can't, you know, we can't spend money on things that are not like used up. So what are we going to do? And we brainstormed together and we got super creative And we decided to redo the inside of their closet. So we took 
everything out of their closet and we ripped out all the shelves and hanger things and ripped it all down to just the drywall and we figured out how to rebuild their closet but the goal was and it kind of became a game okay what do we have at home that we could do this with because we don't want to be spending money and truthfully we spent about forty dollars we got but first we went through all their clothes and we had conversations about each of them and we got rid of probably half of their clothes. That's amazing. So that we could talk about how to structure this closet in a way that when it's full, that's enough. Like we don't want to be expanding any storage beyond this. So we have this amount of room. And when that's full, we don't get anything else. And then we start, you know, you need to get rid of things. In order to get new things as you grow out, you need to replace. But we don't need more. We don't need to be growing. And it was such a great conversation and Lucy came up with the idea. We have a very large dollhouse in our daughter's playroom. I mean, no, it was like five feet high by six feet long. And it's no joke. Her and I made that when she got some American Girl dolls so we can make them little rooms. And, and it's something we've really enjoyed for several years. And Lucy had started to feel like this dollhouse is just like taking up too much space and the playroom and it's, it's too much. She started having that too much feeling. Good. And so she figured out, well, we could take apart this dollhouse and there's all this usable wood. Mm. So we could create the shelves in the closet out of this usable wood and we could downsize that dollhouse to really only keep what we really love. And so we went through all their doll stuff then. And we have a friend, Molly Ashton, whose daughter is just getting into American Girls. And so we put aside a few um, hampers, those little clothing containers, full of American Girl stuff we were done with so that we can give it to her so that she can then enjoy it. Dreamy. And so this project, as we started to get into this mentality of what do we need, what do we love, how can we bless someone else, it changed everything. It it went, you know, led us to the playroom and it led us to their clothing and it led us to this building project where we went to Ikea and we found a clearance item with some return, we had some returns we had to do at Ikea. So we took that returns money, found something in the scratch and dent section and created shelves in the girl's closet. And we did this whole project based off of $40 and getting rid of a bunch of stuff. Which probably felt amazing. It felt amazing for me. It felt amazing for them. We accomplished this really hard thing. Taylor was super impressed, which is also the goal of this. (laughs) The tradition. Tradition is so my husband is impressed with me. Duh. And the girls got it. After that, they understood. And we have not had a problem with them asking for things. There is not Mm. any more discomfort when... We realize we're full. We don't need anything. I want to point out something else from your experience. It feels incredibly gratifying to declutter, to simplify, to problem solve together. You guys obviously bonded over that. You got major gold stars from your husband, like all of those things. And um, I think that everyone knows that you've also alluded to this, but you haven't said it and I want to say it. And that is that you increase in your creativity and there's a there's a sense of... Um, of joy that one can have that can't be achieved in any other way than the feeling of being creative. And being creative doesn't mean crocheting or scrapbooking or creative doodling. It's whatever you want it to be, creating to create. It's problem solving. It is problem solving. You guys- and you cannot buy that feeling. No. There's no product. There is no service. There is nothing that can purchase that feeling of creation and problem solving for you. Mm-hmm. It's something... 
that has to come from you. Also, I just caught myself saying something wrong. I didn't mean that crocheting and creative doodling are not. Those are my dogs barking in the background, and we're going to keep going. Um, <laughs> they agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> they sure loudly. Do. I didn't mean that those are not creative things. I meant that um, creativity is not limited to those things. So, okay. I want to read something going back to the thing that you said, um, because I actually do think that the dogs are going to be faint enough in the background that we're okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, in Miranda's book, she said, there will always be something that you want, which is totally true. And then she goes on to say, our constant desire for more implies a constant lack. If we are not conscious, conscious in recognizing our abundance and feeling grateful for what we have and who we are, we will succumb to the underlying idea that we need more. We are wired to seek and find or click and buy. And then this is my favorite part. You ready for this? She says, unless we decide not to. That's it. The whole premise that I felt in this book is that all of this is a choice. She's not trying to make people feel guilty. She wasn't trying to make herself feel guilty. She wasn't shaming herself or anyone else. She's just saying, underlined in everything, like, hey, let's consider our habits. Let's consider our rhythms and our traditions. And let's consider the way that we acquire stuff and how we feel about what we already have and how we feel about whether what we are, who we are and what we have is enough and I just love so much that she reminds us that we can just choose to decide to to think and, and act a certain way. It's very empowering. It is. And we, we talked about in the episode when we interviewed Miranda, she had really wanted this couch, this beautiful couch. Mm-hmm. And so she bought the couch after a long time and waiting and saving and spending. And they get this couch. They finally buy the couch. And then... The chair next to the couch, which didn't bug her before the couch, is now bugging her. Totally. Right? <laughs> I think what she's bringing up and, and at the heart of what she's talking about is not don't spend. That is mm-hmm. not the message here. It is do not be engaging in behaviors in your life where you are not thinking, where you are operating based off of marketing, where you are just kind of an autopilot. Target dollar spot, perfect example, autopilot. It's just what we did. Mm -hmm. It's what we did at Target. And it might be what you did growing up. It might be what you've established in your home, like I did at Target dollar spot with my daughter. It's about stopping and thinking and considering. Because there was something in my past that was still like tender, apparently, that I needed to like think about and work through and not be trying to cover that feeling with giving my daughter every little dollar spot thing that we thought was cute. But Beck, the thing is, is that I don't know that you would have gotten to the point of thinking so intentionally about all of that had you not done a month experiment for yourself. True? Absolutely. And right. it speaks to this this process of, of figuring things out by doing. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that I had feelings about this from not having everything when I was a child until... I examined why I was doing things as an adult. And I think it is always a healthy exercise to examine why you're doing things, why you are living the life, your life, the way you're living it. Operating your life in autopilot is not a great place to be. It's not cultivating. It's not cultivating at all. No, it's coasting and Mm. you're probably missing a lot. Mm -hmm. And I've gone through seasons of that in my life 
where it seems like everything's fine. It's status quo. It's what I've always done. But the times when I've had real growth and in real movement in my life is when I start pausing, when I start pausing, when I start doing, when I start challenging myself to things that make me uncomfortable. Totally. Discomfort is where it's at. Right? Keeps. Well, and speaking of discomfort in your month challenge, I know that you faced a few different challenges. Well, I mean, that's another Amazon, statement. I believe you're referring to Amazon Prime <laughs> I Day. believe I am priming the pump to have you speak about that because... Yes. I, I want to just, I, I think you should just mention that, right? Yes. Explain what we're talking about. But as Becky's sharing this, one of our favorite things about the book also, and Miranda's message is that this is not about perfectionism either, either, right? It's not about that it's all or nothing. You definitely should not dive in with two feet and think that it's got to be all the way, like exactly perfect in your spinning habits changing overnight. Cause that isn't, where it's at, right? That's where it's not at in life. And this is where myself as an individual, sometimes I struggle because typically with dieting, with working out, with whatever, I have very little grace for myself and I want to do something and I want to go 110% and I want to do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. And then if I can't, I I lose my motivation to even try because I can't do it. That's an all or nothing mentality. All or nothing mentality. I can share stories of the same... The same thread for sure. And it's something that I've had to be really aware of that Mm -hmm. really I've only been made aware of in the past few years of my life. So for this challenge, of course, I want to do it perfectly because then I will have known I did it perfectly. But Miranda emphasizes again and again and again, it's about progress and growth. It's not about this is the one way to do it and and do it. And she talks about an experience she had where she totally purchased something unnecessary and her feelings about that. I'll share my feelings. Um, so I come to Becky's house quite a bit. We record together and we live a mile from each other. I've been asked that question. So I want to clarify. Oh yeah. We're geographically very close. We live in the same neighborhood essentially. And our children are very good friends and back and forth and it's awesome. Whatever. It's We're great. always at each other's houses. Yep. Um, she has this ice machine <laughs> that has the sonic ice. And if it's you know pe- what I'm talking about, if you ice. haven't had pebble ice or sonic ice, or I'm trying to think firehouse subs also has it. A few other places mm. have it. Cubbies has it, mm. um, in Utah, maybe just go experience. So you know what I'm talking about. Cause if you don't, you're going to think I'm a nut job, but this pellet ice, I love it. I love it so much, so much. I love pellet ice. And my husband and I have been looking at pebble ice machines cause it's something we love so dearly and they're expensive. And it just never was like a great time to like pull the trigger on a pebble ice machine, but we have been kind of having our eyes peeled for a few years now. So Amazon prime day happens in July. In no July, less. of course, During it's in the middle the of July that she's doing during this. my non-spending <laughs> thing. And there were some items for Becky. Like. My husband and I are big planners for yep. Christmas. And there are certain days of the year, Amazon Prime Day being, being one of them where you can get outstanding deals. And so I kind of I perused it to see if some of those things that we knew we were going to be purchasing for Christmas or other things were having a deal situation where it was better than Black Friday would be and totally and you're being um, smart I totally in being your smart. mind this made all the sense in the world and and actually I made a purchase and I totally stand behind it so the pebble ice machine comes to a price that's lower than I've ever seen it anywhere and this is something we've wanted for a really long time 
we have the money to get it. It's not like we're putting ourselves in debt over ice here. Um, and so I purchased the Pebble Ice Machine on Amazon Prime Day halfway through my challenge. Mm-hmm. And I felt totally fine about it. Mm-hmm. And I even told Becky, hi, I'm like, guess what I just bought? And I feel, should I feel bad? Like, I feel good about this. I feel fine about it. Um, and I did. I feel totally fine about it. It's something that we wanted for a very long time. And the situation came up where it was the best deal it was ever going to be. And we bought the ice machine. Here's my favorite thing about it. You wrestled with it for a minute. Re- oh, like that is hard. what is different about you post-reading the book mm-hmm. and pre-reading the book because of that shift that we keep talking about. The way that you've like recalibrated the way you think about purchases in general, you wrestled with it for a minute. So yes, you can stand by the decision. Yes, you totally know that you did the thing that you felt was right for you, but not without more thought than you would have had put in, into it a before. A thousand percent. That's important. A thousand percent. Yeah. Without that thought process, without that wrestle, I love that you said that, it would not have been good because it would have been a mindless purchase. And so in the book, I'm going to read you this little excerpt. She says, have you ever had a friend or yourself on a diet that cheated by eating a cookie then ended up eating a whole bag because why not? The answer is yes. Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) The diet was shot anyway. Do you know someone who started a daily exercise program, missed one single day, so they stopped exercising for six months straight? Mm, Guilty. Yes. (laughs) I do, and I believe giving up the process of progression because of one misstep or exception is a waste of so much potential. We don't grow in a straight line. We meander and we make mistakes. We try and try again. If the perf- if perfect is a requirement for success in life, we all fail big time. Being perfect is an unrealistic reality. You don't, I love it. I love that so much. And you don't even know that uh, the page that I have open, uh, the quote that I was going to read from her book no. was also related. Oh, not really? The, not the exact same oh. one, but it was related to perfectionism. And we've talked about that here and there because it's something that we all have tendencies for. Most of us listening, most of you guys here in the community, like a lot of us have tendencies that put us in that like, oh, perfectionism. <laughs> like it's, it's a thing. It's it a is real such a thing. thing. And so I will still go ahead and read this. It's yeah, really short, to it. but to just expand on what you're saying, um, Miranda says, if you believe in imperfection as a gift and an opportunity for growth, Rather than a weakness or failure, you might be more willing to push yourself beyond what feels comfortable right now. You might be excited to try something new that would elevate and inspire your life. You might have the confidence to move boldly in the direction of your dreams without worrying so much about the details. You could have gotten so wrapped up in oh crap, I made a purchase, but I'm not supposed to be making a purchase. But I'm not supposed to. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And you could have gone down that rabbit hole of, I suck. Yeah. I suck at my goals. I can't keep my word. I am not a good human being. Right. (laughs) You really could have, because those are some of the self detrimental thoughts that we have when we make mistakes, or I'm saying mistakes with air quotes, and you didn't. You wrestled with it for a minute and you chose something that you actually feel way better about than had, had you not purchased it. Correct. And that is the point. That's, That's the, the progress. whole thing that yes. she's trying to share. Could oh, I have done so good. a perfect 30 days of no spending? Yes. Totally, I could have. Yeah. You I'm got, stubborn as heck. Yeah, I could is. have done a year if I wanted to. I totally could. But that is not growth. That's not, we don't grow. I love that she said we don't grow in a straight line. That's 
That is absolutely the point. And if I had done it that way, if I had done it 30 days of like black and white, whatever, I bet August 1st would have come and I would have eaten mm. the whole dang bag of, bag of mm. cookies because interesting because I would have just been, de- I wouldn't have been dealing or progressing. I would have just been delaying. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And it's yeah. that way in life. I think particularly when we talk about living your dreams and, and doing what you feel, feel called to do, doing what you want to do, it is so easy for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days or whatever it is to try to be perfect at something. But nobody can maintain perfection. Yep. And by the way, nobody's demanding perfection. And so if perfection is the thing that is holding you back from living the life you want to lead, give yourself permission to meander on the path. Because I still feel changed. I feel like I have changed fundamentally as a human being in the fact that I stop, I consider, I think, I recognize that sometimes my actions are stemming from emotions that have not been dealt with. And and now I'm dealing with that and I'm honoring that and I'm moving forward. I'm not just creating a perfect 30 days so I can give myself a slap on the back and a gold star. Like there's real change Mm -hmm. and real change is imperfection. Mm -hmm. Embrace it. Like totally embrace it. Don't let being perfect hold you back from the things you want to do. I love that so much. Um, I'll share a couple of my, my personal applications because interestingly, and when you listen to this episode, uh, 48 with Miranda, you, you know, that where I am in my own personal life is having just barely moved into a new home. And so of course we're furnishing and decorating and organizing and acquiring. And so that was just such an interesting thing. And we talked all about that in the episode. So make sure that you listen to that. But I wanted to share now that I've actually read the book and I've finished it, two things um, that are worth pointing out before we totally wrap up this conversation that's so valuable. Um, Number one, Miranda really promotes the idea that I know you and I both love, and I know a lot of people love it, but like, have I really, really, truly put like more effort into this than ever? Not until now. And that is uh, less stuff, more adventure, right? That's like their family motto. Isn't that what she said? Yes. Family Mm -hmm. motto. So less stuff, more adventure. And I was really thinking deeply about this and pondering about it for myself and my family and the season of our life where we're in a new home and things like that. And, uh, I feel changed fundamentally, like you said, but in different ways that are personal for me. So for example, for years, I've been saying to David, as we get closer to the next Christmas that's coming up, can we please not get gifts? Can we please just go to a third world country and like build a home? And I've talked about this, ask David, how many years in a row I've said, can we maybe consider? And every year, no regrets, but every year we defaulted to presence and not, um, that experience. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it usually stemmed from family was coming in town. And so let's honor family tradition and let's right. do the family things that we're used to. And the joy that comes to these kids faces when they, you know, light up and Christmas morning. And again, tradition, 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 nothing wrong with that. Well, because fact, we've been conditioned to think that totally. the good Christmas morning has that moment. Correct. So where are we at if we don't have that moment? Right. And so again, like no problem with that. However, because I feel so fundamentally changed and truly, I feel so much more grateful than even before. And I thought I was a grateful person. I finished the book and the first thing I said to David, besides you really need to read this, like not because you need to be fixed, but I want us to be on the same page. You've got to be on the same page with your spouse. And so I said, 
you know, here's the general message that Miranda was sharing and here are the principles and yada, yada, yada. And I said, before you even read the book, can I just ask you, can we possibly make this Christmas, now listen carefully because it's changed, this Christmas, let's go have an adventure and not get stuff. So that's different than in the past mm-hmm. because in the past it was so all or nothing, wasn't it? It was so extreme. It was either we get gifts and we're consumerism or we we go serve the poor and needy. I literally right. it was the black and white said totally. third world country that's in a past good point. years. And that was so all or nothing of me because I was so I was so not wanting my kids to have more stuff and I was so wanting to serve and just the true spirit of Christmas. So my intentions were good, but I took it too far. So of course that's not appealing to anyone, right? <laughs> like who doesn't want to get presents? But now, you know, this time was different. And I said, babe, I really feel like this Christmas, let's go have an experience and an adventure as a family. Like d- fill in the blank where, where we go. Let's find good flights. Let's find deal. Like who cares where we go, but let's not buy a single thing and let's just go have an adventure. And he immediately Immediately was like, yes, that's what we're going to do. That's awesome. So spoiler alert, but my kids don't listen to the podcast like your kids do. So I'm okay. <laughs> and we've been priming our kids for this for years. And we feel like Caroline is a little young. Caroline will be seven for this Christmas. And mm-hmm. so we probably have a year or two left. Maybe we mm-hmm. don't really know, but we have actually done the same thing where we have gotten flight alerts and looked and thought, should we? Should mm-hmm. we just go and, or, or even honestly, rather than even taking a trip, we could go to our cabin mm-hmm. for Christmas. It's it doesn't even about... have to be like a big, huge trip, but no, but, but it, we could totally do experiences. And Miranda actually has a list in the book of experiences as gifts that I think is really helpful. Great and suggestions. We gave that, uh, not that list, but a list of experiences that we thought would be great for our kids and our family to the grandparents last year when they asked mm. what they could get the kids because That's a truly great idea. we need nothing. And those, so Taylor's parents got the kids, um, a gift card to our local trampoline park. And it was awesome. We I were able to brilliant. spend a lot of time together as a family. And I can tell you if I asked what grandma got them two years ago, I don't know that they would remember, but what grandma got them last year, they for sure remember. Well, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It really like, does. for real, for real, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I also want to say this isn't a spoiler alert because my follow-up question to David once, he was immediately like, yes, that's what we're going to do. As I said, should we be surprising the kids or should we talk about it? And we immediately together got on the same page. We should actually talk about this ahead of time. Totally. Because A, anticipation is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all for a good surprise. I love surprises and we've done surprises. We've surprised them with a couple of puppies over the years, for example. But I think that there's more value, just like you had with your month of um, – limited spending. I think that there's real value in us as a family discussing it. You know how I love family council discussing it and saying, Hey, we've been really thoughtful about this. And we really feel like this kind of an experience and adventure for our family, which by the way, there will totally be service integrated into that as well, but it probably won't be in a third world country this year. And, um, and having that dialogue so that they feel invested and David suggested that they actually look at deals with us, flight deals, airfare, and just let's decide together as a family, just like you and I and our husbands and friends, when we decide together about like, where's the next country we want to travel to? Cause we like to travel together. Same thing. Like let's be invested together. So that was one example. The other one, I can make this much shorter is that, um, given that we've just moved in, and we have um, still some boxes that need to be unpacked. Not too many, but we have a handful. Interestingly, I've noticed that in our 
master area. So master bedroom, bathroom, closet area. We've had a handful of boxes that have not been unpacked because they're not urgent. Okay. That's pretty typical. When you move into a house, you kind of prioritize what needs to get unloaded, whatever. Well, we've been in at the time of recording, we've been in now almost a couple of months and these boxes are still there and it's on the list. And if anyone follows my Higgins.home account on Instagram, you know, like I have a list, there's a purpose, there's a plan. I love it. It's all so much fun. Well, on this list is this whole master project and it's totally got to be me and David both available. It's not something I can just do because it's our stuff, not his or hers, right? Well, as I've, as time has passed, I've totally realized that the, the stuff, the essentials that we use, our toiletries that we use, toothbrush and toothpaste and hair product and stuff that we use on a daily basis is literally enough. Now, I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying I'm going to go light a match to the other boxes straight away because that's wasteful, right? We already have a lot well, of... Well, hold on. Hold on. I actually don't know that I agree that that's wasteful. Okay, but hold on. Continue your thought. I, I will. I'll finish my thought because I think we're on the same page, but... Don't come over and blow up my boxes just yet. <laughs> oh, they're gone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but my thought is, is I want, I, this conversation has not happened. I told you about the, the Christmas conversation David and I had. This is one that will happen like this weekend when we actually have time to like slow down and talk about some more things is I want to say, hey, babe, how awesome has it felt with less stuff in those drawers? And do we really need the stuff that we haven't unboxed? And, and I know without a doubt, he'll agree with me. And so what we're going to do, my goal is that together we will just agree that when we unbox that most of it will be garbage. Like truly that's not wasteful because it's used stuff, right? Like used, who knows what toiletry? I don't even know. I don't even know what's in the boxes, but our goal, if we get unified about getting rid of most of that stuff and only keeping what we feel is like a must keep that truly adds value for whatever reason, I feel like we'll probably get rid of at least 80% of the stuff that's in these two or three boxes that are sitting in the closet. Now tell me about the match that you want to light on my boxes. I think that there is um, a conservative attitude Mm -hmm. when we look at things that are perfectly good, that if we throw them away or donate them, that we are being wasteful and that is being financially irresponsible. Okay. I would argue that if you have gone how many months without even knowing what's in those boxes and you haven't needed the stuff, that is your answer. And the process of going through to to justify whether or not you need it is probably more pain than it's worth and the mm. truth is if you don't even know what's in there you clearly don't need it hmm. just food for thought because i have gone through the same process and in fact when lucy and i were going through her closet during this closet redo um she had a dress that um because my goal was, as I said, what fits you, what doesn't, what will you actually wear and what won't you? Because there are certain times where I will buy things and they'll wear it once and it's itchy or whatever. Oh, totally. And my inclination is, well, I'll be darned if you're going to get a new one, you're going to wear the itchy dress. But I'm trying to be realistic about being more intentional with helping, having my children pick those things with me so they're comfortable and we're not wasting money. And I said, Lucy, we're not getting rid of this dress. And she's like, I really am never going to wear it, mom. And I was fighting her on it. And Lucy stopped me and was said, Mom, we're trying to get rid of things we don't use. And I am telling you that I am not going to use this dress. A, I'm not I'm... asking you for another dress. I'm just telling you I'm not going to wear this one. So let's donate it to someone who is going to wear it. 
You guys, she's 10. She schooled me so hard. She totally roasted you. And I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. And I respect what you're saying. Yeah. And it's not like she was saying, well, now I need a new one. Mm -hmm. She was saying, this is not suiting my purposes. And perhaps there are some things in those boxes that are going to be like Lucy's beautiful itchy dress that you're going to want to keep. Yeah. But you don't need to keep because it truly isn't serving you. She's right. She's so right. Dang, Lucy. And smarty pants. She really is smart. She's spot on. And to the point that you're illustrating into what you're saying, you're probably right that David and I could probably... I'm not Discomfort. I know. You're feeling I'm discomfort. Very like, I can't imagine, like, Look not... Who's squirming in their chair now. <laughs> totally squirming. Because, That's right. Because as a responsible adult... I'm not even thinking about the dollars that might have been spent on that right. stuff. Like, it's not as about a money. responsible adult, it would be silly to not sift through and talk about each item and do we need it or do we not? And as I'm saying that out loud and, and piggybacking off your point, I see that that would be very, very wasteful of our time and energy. Now, I'm not saying I won't peek in the boxes. Totally. I'm because not, we actually I'm have, not telling you to do anything. I'm saying no, I know. you need to examine the thought that to you or what you've conditioned yourself to believe is that a responsible adult mm-hmm. will take all the time that they don't have mm. to make sure they meticulously are being responsible in that way. Well, just examine that thought. Maybe you could change it to a responsible adult maximizes their time in a different way. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just giving you shut it down, Becky, shut it down. Alternative thoughts. <laughs> Okay, you're right. You're right. I'm going to I'm this is so perfect that David and I haven't had this conversation yet cuz I'm co- totally going to add BP's insight to that conversation or or we could just all go to dinner and just yeah, talk about it. I'll talk you Higgins through it. Higgins Proudfit style. I I'll, you know what? You need to go to dinner with Lucy. That's what you need to do. She'll talk you through. <laughs> she will totally shut it down. You know, if Miranda were here, she'd probably say a couple of things right now. And I've, I've opened up to another page in her book where there's two things she said that totally wrap up, tie a bow on what we're talking about. And honestly, we have to tie a bow anyway, because we've gone on so long. This is so great. She says, the more clutter in our homes, the more mental energy we spend maintaining it. You guys, this is not just a one-liner. She goes in depth about this principle to a point that you cannot read it and not be changed. And then she goes on to say, letting go means freedom to live presently, meaningfully today. You will gain focus and clarity as you cut out the fringe excess and keep only what matters most and brings the most joy and value to your lives. I literally got goosebumps again reading this. It's so good. Like, it's true. My it's most true. valuable resource, truly, is not my money or my house or even my children. My most valuable resource is my time. And it is what I have the least amount of. And it is the only non-renewable resource in my life. Yeah. And it is consumed every day. And this whole process makes me more intentional about how I am spending that most precious resource. Mm-hmm. Miranda Anderson, we heart you. We love you. (laughs) Everyone needs to head to Amazon, pick up this book. Again, it's called More Than Enough. And we want to continue this conversation. Keep keep staying in touch on Instagram. You can find us both there, Becky Higgins, LLC, and Becky Profit, because we... We will continue, both of us, sharing our parts and pieces of the journey that we're on to really, truly have a more abundant life 
um, and mentality in our life and more gratitude. Friends, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. So we invite you to write those down, those little promptings that you feel, and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on, and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. He said, but mom, you just swabbed your cheek and you had pork for dinner. So what if your DNA comes back and they think you're partly pig? (laughs) What if you are? I wouldn't disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.